Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian and Kate. We're here by the Owl Pellet, and we are here to share something really, really exciting and cool that we got to do this summer um, dealing with the Arkansas Ag Teacher Con- Conference. Was it a contest? It was not a contest, it was a conference. Everybody wins at the Arkansas Ag Teachers <laughs> Conference. Everybody's a winner. Um, <laughs> And it was really cool, and you're going to get to listen to it here a little bit. Kate, tell them about what we got to do. Sure. So the state FFA and Ag Ed Director, Chris Backus, asked the Owl Pellets team to come in and work with Ag teachers, um, recording some critical conversations, and, um, and overall just trying to get them to think a little about bigger aspects of Ag Ed, which we were really excited about because that's what we do every week with one another and, um, you know, our moms listen to it. So it's nice to have um, someone think that maybe other people would want to engage in that conversation as well. So he asked us while we were there if we could do one live podcast. And we, without thinking about what that would entail, said, sure, we would do that. So what ends up, what normally is the three of us talking on here with one other researcher that is at their institution, and um, that seems to work out really well online, suddenly we were faced with, like, one large room with, like, 250 ag teachers in that room staring at us with a table and a microphone, (laughs) and um, so we thought, Boy, with that kind of an audience and uh, doing this like kind of live version of a podcast, who who would we want, if I was a teacher sitting in that room, who would I want to listen to and about what? So we went through some different ideas as far as who we might bring in and topics they might talk about. We talked a little about maybe that would be like an ag mechanics thing, but we thought some teachers don't teach ag mechanics. And so what are we going to do there? So um, at the end of the day, seemed like we could come, we, we, there was no better choice than who I think we ended up with. Um, it was Dr. Don Johnson at the University of Arkansas. He Ooh, is, big suey. well done. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, so Don I threw came, her off her game. I woo pig suey and completely threw her off. You did. I forgot. I, I was like, my brain went through the gator chomp that I did over the weekend, actually. And I was like, that's nice. So, and then, yeah, I got distracted. Um, so, yeah, we brought Don in and I asked him, I remember being here at the office and saying, hey, Don, we're doing this thing with uh, teachers without pellets. Would you want to be on a podcast down at conference? And he said, um, yeah, sure. And so then um, 
then I told him like in a series of separate, like passing through the hall things over the next several weeks, like, uh, Hey, by the way, it'll be recorded live. And like, Oh, by the way, there'll be 250 teachers there. And he eventually was like, what did I sign up for? But, um, he uses humor in the classroom and does a fantastic job. And we couldn't think of anyone better to talk about a topic that all teachers can, um, learn from that's how to use humor appropriately. And so, that is what the podcast is that you're about to listen to is Don Johnson talking about humor in the classroom and how to use it appropriately. That And so we are excited to share with you. Um, not only were we able to go to Arkansas and, and record, I think it was five different critical conversations with real live ag teachers talking about it and telling us where we got it right, where we got it wrong, what's going on there. Some really cool stuff that you're going to be hearing about all those for the next month or so. And you made it out alive. We did. You went to the Arkansas Teachers Conference and made it out alive. It was awesome. And what we're about to share with you guys, I'm really excited for the first time ever, the first Al Pellets Live podcast, which was, again, we had no idea what we're doing, but I had a lot of fun. And I think you guys will enjoy the conversation as well. It was pretty much like a TED Talk, I think. <laughs> Yeah, exactly like that. So enjoy this first ever uh, momentous occasion. Let the trumpet sound the first ever Al Pellets live, but recorded just for you guys. <laughs> enjoy, guys. So when we were trying, we talked with Chris uh, earlier this year about what we wanted to bring to you all for a live podcast. And we thought quite a bit about what topic we could talk about that would engage everybody. And um, we went around with a, several different ones and then went to a conference where I got to see Dr. Johnson talk to a whole group of teacher educators um, about or, and, uh, and ag professors about using humor in the classroom. And when I was watching him teach, I thought, well, this is exactly what we could be talking about with a bunch of ag teachers because I don't know about you all, but students are really funny. And um, I think we can do kind of a good job when we use that to our advantage, particularly when, um, and as Brian was saying, like there's a fine line, but the students don't have that line. So it's up to us to make sure that we do. And so um, Don did a great job at that presentation. That's why we're talking with him today here about um, how he uses humor in the classroom um, particularly well, I think, or, or they wouldn't have accepted your presentation. Well, there's, you know, they have to take so many. <laughs> So how many of you out there think you are just hilarious or great actors? How many of you think you have a good sense of humor? Oh, come on. There you go, a couple people out there. That's good. So we wanted to find somebody good to have this conversation with, but they weren't available, so we asked Don. <laughs> so Don, tell us a little bit about what you guys looked at, and actually it was research based on humor in the classroom. Yes, there is. But before I go into that, I always thought if I ever got on this, I wanted to give a shout out to Kate's mom and Brian's mom, yeah. who constitute the primary audience for <laughs> Al Pellets Rags. Right. Yeah, so, so, hello, moms out there. <laughs> uh, research tells us that uh, students learn more when they're engaged. And uh, in, if you've ever been in a class, probably mine, where the professor was real dry and real boring, uh, it's pretty difficult to stay engaged. Uh, a dull monotone, uh, not much going on, 
professor falls to sleep, you fall asleep pretty soon after that or maybe before. So that's not a very good recipe for engagement. But if there's something going on in the classroom, you've got a reason to be there. Uh, the speakers even, or the teachers even, moderately entertaining or funny on, you know, on a sporadic occasion, not even very often. Uh, it kind of makes you pay attention. And that's what the research says. The research says that uh, humor helps students to engage in the class. Also says that humor builds classroom rapport. It's hard to laugh with a group of people and not bond with them in some way. And so laughter in the classroom helps develop that classroom rapport. So I think those are the two big things that research shows us. Also uh, helps you to remember things better. If it, anytime you link learning with emotion, that thing that you learn sticks with you longer. Okay. And I think last of all, it probably helps students to realize uh, that uh, professors and teachers are humans also. Uh, I know sometimes you see kids in the uh, grocery store and they don't believe you exist outside of the walls of the ag classroom, right? You're, you must live there all the time. But I think humor helps you make that bond. I'm pretty sure some teachers aren't human. Yes. <laughs> you probably get a vote on that out there. How, how many folks here actually had Don in class? Oh my gosh, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> how many would say Don was funny? Oh, uh, look at you. Uh, the grades pity. are already in. Yeah, yeah the grades in. are done, folks. He's, he's on, you don't have to do that. I can always change. <laughs> Excellent. So we talked about this engagement with the students. So these guys are in the, in the high schools. Why should we be worried about this? How do we use humor to engage students? Because we've got all the other things. I mean, every workshop we go to at our local school, they're talking about engagement, how do you work with students, and they're, they're saying you've got to do all these different activities. How do we use natural humor, whether it even be ag teacher or someone called dad humor, to engage our students? It's more like dad humor. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the things we learn in those workshops are kind of mechanical sorts of things. Do this and this will happen. It's kind of mechanistic. Uh, I think humor is real organic and natural, and it just occurs naturally. And I think that's the way you make connections. If you are planning on making an attempt to make a connection with Gordon out here, that's a little bit uh, artificial. But if you and Gordon laugh together over something that's content related to the class, that's a whole different deal. You can say, you remember that time when we did this or that. And I think that helps engagement a lot. So what do you do, um, like asking for a friend, if you're not really funny? Uh, <laughs> well... Let me just say this, you don't have to be funny to be a good teacher. In fact, there are a lot of great teachers who aren't the least bit funny, okay? So I did want to make a disclaimer at the outset uh, that what I do may not work for you, okay? You're in an entirely different situation. Uh, it may work better if you're uh, older than it does if you're younger because I understand when you're a young teacher, the thing you're wanting to do is establish your authority and your, and that your position as a teacher in the school and being the real funny teacher may not be the way to go with that. That might not work. So old guys like me, you know, nobody doubts that we're old guys, so we can be funny if, if we can be funny. Uh, if you're not funny, uh, you know, I don't think you need to fake it at all. I think just things come up in the classroom and you can respond. The funniest thing I ever saw in a classroom uh, was in chemistry class, which was not my best class. Uh, among lots of classes that weren't my best class. Uh, and the teacher, Dr. Hartman, see I still remember this 40 years later, Dr. Hartman was trying to get the students to name all of the polymers we knew, okay? How many of you know a polymer, anybody? 
That's pretty much what Dr. Hartman got. We got we got nylon, we got rayon, we got polyvinyl chloride, and then there was dead silence. And Dr. Hartman's in the front of this 300-person auditorium classroom waiting for an answer. And out of the back, after a long, uncomfortable silence, came the words, Arnold Polymer! <laughs> and the classroom just broke up because it relieved the tension, and that's been 40 years ago, and I still remember that. But the thing I remember most is the person that laughed the loudest and laughed the longest was Dr. Hartman down in the front of the room. He thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. And kind of a light went off grinding my head, and I thought, huh, maybe professors are almost like real people too, you know. <laughs> and so I think you can just react to things that happen in the classroom. You've got a classroom of 24 or 30 or 28 funny people out there. They're going to do something funny every day, just how you react to it. So how do you go about using humor? I know, Brian, you talked a little about, like, and I think this is tough in a high school situation, using humor without needing forms. Mm -hmm. So, um, Don, what are ways that you use humor in the classroom in a way that's appropriate, appropriate for students and focuses, again, on that um, aspect of engagement without going off on a, on a tangent where you can't bring them back? Yeah. Uh, all of my humor that I plan to use in the classroom, of course, a lot of funny things happen that you don't plan on. Uh, but any planned humor I have is always content related. It doesn't deal with people, it deals with the content. So I try to do that and I make it a rule no matter how funny the joke is or where I've heard it or who told me to or how hard I laugh, I never use gender or sex as a source of humor, okay? I never use hair color, you know there are lots of jokes about hair color. I never use body size or type or anything like that. I stay completely away from religion. I stay away from ethnicity. And what I always try to do is I never try to use sarcasm or anything that demeans a student uh, as a source of humor. And sometimes that's like Charlie Brown in the football. It's such an easy target. But <laughs> you just have to pull back. You can't do that. Uh, so I try to make my humor uh, related to the content that we're teaching, something funny about that. Uh, so, you know, I don't teach about any of those things I just listed, so it's pretty simple for me. So now I remember you saying when I watched this originally, because I thought, you're right, but there are so many jokes that are funnier when there's a person at the end of it. There is one person in the classroom that you can make fun of. Oh, absolutely. There's one sucker in every, well, actually there are two people in uh, the classroom, any classroom that you can make fun of. One of them is yourself. You can always make fun of yourself. And the other one is dairy farmers. Anybody here from a dairy farm? Anybody from a dairy farm? Oh, over here from a dairy farm. We've offended the first one. Okay, so in classes, if I know I have a dairy farm kid in the class, I'll always ask, I'll say, does anybody know the difference between being a dairy farmer and being in prison? So I'll ask you, does anybody know the difference between being a dairy farmer and being in prison? <laughs> I get that sometimes. Prison, you got a chance for parole, he said. The only difference between being a dairy farmer and being in prison is they don't make prisoners milk. Other than that, <laughs> other than that it's all the same. And I've told that in every class where I've had a dairy farm kid in there. And so far, out of the 10 or 12 times I've told that, not a single one of those kids has thought it was funny. <laughs> not a single one. Because it's too true. So you can make fun of yourself, basically. So 
as ag teachers, we get to see these students in the classroom. We get to see them as FFA members. When they're out there, they're SE, that kind of stuff. Is the way we would use humor in your experience and from the research any different from whenever we're in the classroom compared to maybe when we're working with uh, training a CD team or taking kids to a fair or doing something else with kids? Well, yeah, I think uh, in, you, you can't really plan humor in those situations, those more informal teaching situations, so it's more what comes up at the time. And, you know, it uh, doesn't necessarily have to be humor. It can just be having fun together, okay? Uh, but in the classroom, I think you can control what goes on a little bit more. And you can, you can, you know, everybody's got lessons where they know, boy, this is a real dry stuff. I'd hate to be sitting out there learning it. And so if you can introduce a little humor at that point to regain their attention, regain their interest, and then move on with content. And I'm real big on that. I think anybody that, that uh, had me out there in class knows I'm pretty content focused and I'm pretty business-like in class. And we start on time and we go the full time and we're doing something content related the whole time. So humor kind of helps break that up just a little bit. So I remember when I was teaching and I'm kind of, I'm thinking about some of the things that I've seen you use in the classroom and um, some of them have been kind of similar. It's tough with like one-liners for me. I'm not very good at them. Um, but there were things that I could do that were kind of situational. I remember with like uh, the digestive system, we used to do a digestion dance and okay. I'm going to um, spare you all from the, all let's, the moves. <laughs> oh, let's listen to no, no, I've already gotten a word. I'm done. <laughs> so, um, but we used to get uh, really into it where um, there was a lot of laughter and kind of happy chaos as students would like attempt to like really shift their hips. And when they didn't do a fantastic job, the other students were egging them on to you know, do a better job mm -hmm. at, at certain aspects of the dance and whatnot. So um, how do you have any tips for like those aspects of like that could have easily been a PowerPoint and we could have gone through mm -hmm. it and I just accidentally came upon that thing. So how do you go about finding pieces of your content where you're thinking this has an opportunity here for some humor added to it? Uh, anything that uh, could be mimicked with physical activity is a good uh, opportunity for doing things like that. Any, I mean, especially if it's things that uh, are difficult to see. Uh, one of the things we do in class, and I know all of you remember this that had class. You could what probably it, get them to do it. What, what, what is this? This is your what? It's your piston, okay? And it goes intake. Come on, do it with me. Intake, compression, power, exhaust. <laughs> intake, compression, power, exhaust. Now, what are these? Okay, put your overhead valves in. Intake, compression, power, exhaust. Intake, compression, power, exhaust, okay? We can do that, right? And we do that in class, and we usually try to end up on uh, a Friday with that. So this year I took it a little bit further, and we had a student, uh, a larger student, who was, uh, <laughs> you're the largest student up here. A larger student who was the intake valve, because the intake valve is always what? larger of the pair. We had a smaller student who was the exhaust valve. I was the piston and we had a young lady who was the uh, fuel injector with a perfume bottle of water behind and at the appropriate time on the compression stroke she squirted water on my head and we spent about five minutes acting out the four-stroke cycle engine operation while everybody in the class chanted out intake compression power exhaust intake compression power exhaust and you could have shown that on a slide. It would have been easy. I've got lots of slides that show that, but there would not have been a kid who went home to mom and dad that weekend and said, hey, I looked at a slide of the four-stroke cycle engine. 
But I bet you half the kids went home and told mom and dad, hey, guess what we did today in class? That crazy guy up there, somebody squirted water on his head while he acted like a piston. It was really something. <laughs> so they remember that. They don't remember the slide, baby. Now, I got to see that because this is a beautiful day of technology, and I think most of the kids, while they were chanting, were also videotaping you doing this. Yeah, because they were worried about their grades, and they wanted some ammunition. <laughs> Yeah, I got several copies of the video. <laughs> this is really cool. As we talk about this, and, and the whole idea is about how to use this as a tool. Because we're not asking everybody to be stand-up comics every right. day. No, I'm not. You know, we go back and we look at, in all of our classes and, and methods, we always talk about the, you know, the, the keys to being effective teaching. You know, mm -hmm. and business-like is one of those. Right. So, so talk a little bit more about how you see you know, it's it's focused, it's business-like, but using humor in an appropriate way to do this. Kind of wrap this all up for us. Well, uh, that's a tough question to wrap up on. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I always say the content's the thing. That's what you're there for. It's the content's the thing. Uh, but the content doesn't have to be delivered in the in the absolute most boring way possible. So as long as the as the humor relates to the content, reinforces the content, and the students are aware that they're learning content by doing these silly things or whatever they're doing, then I think it's easy to regain the attention and move on to a new topic, okay? Some things are just so ridiculous though, they have to be done on a Friday before they go home for the weekend because you're not gonna get them back afterwards. And something that I've seen with that, and uh, maybe you can speak to this a little, but um, the idea of owning it, right? Like you can be super corny. I remember when we would be doing that dance and you with, your, with the, I wasn't in your class, so I don't know it all, dance. Um, you've got to own it because if you don't, your students are not going to. So if you do it halfway and think, I don't know if they're going to think this is cool, so I'm not going to like put all my effort into it, they're not going to think it's cool either. So I can tell you when, like when we would do the digestion dance, I mean, I was the most gung-ho about it. And then the students get involved and then they get going. But there's a lot of ownership in there. And if you can't own it all the way, don't do it. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I always evaluate every class, uh, and this is probably a selfish way to evaluate every class, but I ask, did I have a good time? Did I enjoy what I did today? And I always, if I can answer that yes, then I think, well, the students probably had a good experience too. So yeah, sell it, sell it. I mean, I sing in class, I do all sorts of things, and I'm the world's worst singer, the absolute world's worst singer. And I bet Addison knows the song that, uh, what's the name of the song, Addison? The Naked Numbers song. <laughs> How many of you know the Naked Numbers song out there? Raise your hand if you've been exposed or, or tortured with the Naked Numbers song, okay? So in class, we're talking, can I tell this? Please do. Okay. I, well, you've gone this far, I've got to know okay. what the Naked Numbers song is. In, Family at, show, remember that. Addison, will you sing, you want, you're out of it. Okay, okay, Addison's out of it. A wise move, a wise move. Uh, during the first part of the, of the fundamentals class, which is the freshman level class, we're talking about how to solve mathematical problems, basically, and I'm always on to students and trying to reinforce to them that numbers don't mean anything unless they have units attached to them. You can't just have 12, you gotta have 12 cows, or you gotta have 12 inches, or 12 feet, or 12 bushels, or something. So I always give them a big build up and say, you know, this is a terrible problem in society, and just like every song in society, there's a country western song about this very thing. I say, you think about any, any problem facing society, there's a country western song about it, right? So I'll ask them, Bill Eddie, do you know what the country western song is? Of course, they won't know, 
And so then I'll put up a picture of Waylon and Willie on the, on the screen. And I'll say, this helps you out a little bit for any of you into old-time country music. Do you know what it is? And eventually the song comes out to be, can I sing it for them? Please. Please. Oh, boy. Now, there's, there are people at the back, they will collect money for you to leave. If you want to leave, though, you have to pay. So the Naked Numbers song goes something like this. And y'all can join in with me when you know what I'm singing. Mamas, don't let your numbers grow up to be naked. Let them be gallons and bushels and such. And I tell students, after I've sung that a couple of times, I say, now, if you put on your homework a number and it has no unit to it, or you put an answer on a test, with no units to it, I will call you in your dorm and I will sing you that song. <laughs> and I always have numbers with units. I never have problems with naked numbers. Nobody wants that. Uh, I, I really don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Down would be the only place. We, might, up, we up. might be there. Up, yeah. <laughs> When you're in the hole, quit digging is what I learned if, once. If I get a big record contract out of this. <laughs> I, get, I get some? I swear I didn't know you. <laughs> well, Don, thank you so much for, for sharing this. And again, the idea here is how do we have a good time? Because life is too short to do things you don't love and you don't like it. And I think by, by working with students and, and having some fun with them is very, really important. You've got to walk away from those days. Like you said, did I have a good time today? Did I enjoy it? And I think that's important. There's going to be rough days. There's going to be days you're like, they're going to have to drag me kicking and screaming back into that classroom or whatever else. But overall, you got to kind of be yourself. And I think that's what you're trying to get at. And, and it's not trying to be funny to win them over because you know, we see a lot of young teachers, like student teachers, trying to go in and be the student's best friends. They don't need another friend. They need a teacher. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you can be a teacher with a, with a personality and just then to see that part of you. And again, we probably all, whenever you take kids on trips, you learn more about what's going on from the conversations in the when they're in the pickup truck or in the van or wherever else you're going. That's a time to you that you can connect with those students to do that. And so I really appreciate you. This was great. We appreciate the opportunity to actually try to do a live podcast with you guys all. And I appreciate you, uh, the folks out there that watch us, are only going to get to see the inside of this great building about this beautiful camp here at, uh, in, at Arkansas. Um, Don, thanks. I think we're going to take a few opportunities to see if anybody's got any questions to ask you as well to kind of wrap this thing up today. Sure, sure. Good. Well, who's got a question for Don? No, I want me to sing again. Yeah. Or, yeah, one at a time in a nice single file. Ma ma Autographs. Yeah. <laughs> questions about anything we're going to, we can ask? I think the main question is when's this over? Soon, I hope. <laughs> Website. Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't go out looking for jokes. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm, ser I'm being serious about that. I don't looking know of any place you would go. The wrong Here you go. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're out there, though. I'm, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people use cartoons and show cartoons in class. That's just not me, but a lot of people do it. If there aren't any questions, I want to take this opportunity to say uh, goodbye to Brian's uh, mother and to Kate's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Join me, please, in thanking Don Johnson for being with us today. Invest in your potential by enrolling in a graduate program designed with you in mind. Complete your Master of Science in Agricultural Education and Communication in just two years while working 
all without ever having to step foot on campus. The University of Florida is leading the way with innovative online courses delivered by award-winning faculty. Apply today to find out why it is truly great to be a Florida Gator. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.